Welcome to Books, Brews, and Besties. Uh, we are going to be doing an author interview today with Barb Jones. And as soon as she hops on, we'll give you her intro. And we're going to be doing just a short Q&A to learn about what made her want to be an author and about her new book, The Tall Dark Man, yeah. that is a part of a series that she has ongoing. Yep, the Blood Prophecy series. I'm quite excited to... I would like to to read a couple of those. We haven't had a chance yet to actually dive in and read them, but I'm really excited to kind of get that author interview first and then kind of see yeah, it's, how to jump in. Because this new book that we're going to be going over today is kind of like a prequel, if I understand it correctly, yeah. to her trilogy that she already has out. I feel like it's a, like we're going to have to start with the first one to yeah. understand, because this one is supposed to be in the villain's perspective, so I kind of want to understand the villain side of it first yeah that would be really then, fun yeah i wonder oh we should do it like i could do the regular ones you do the villain and then we oh yeah swap, sorry we swap over and then we can see that would be fun see if we really like fun. the villain or not yeah. Be, yeah we could do an episode of us doing that and then another episode of when we switch but also we've got our brew <gasps> deal yes we do i forgot about it and i was like ooh. hey barb hi hey so this is the Books, Brews, and Besties podcast. I'm Kaylee. I'm Jenny. And we started this podcast just because we both really love books and we vibe really well together. Yeah. And so we're like, yeah, let's just do it and see how it goes. First, thank you for even wanting to be a part of this and letting us talk to you and speak to you and ask, it, and ask you some questions and also letting us learn more about you and the series that you've already done because you've done a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is Barb Jones. She is the award-winning and best-selling author of the Blood Prophecy series, the Heaven and Hell series, as well as standalone supernatural thrillers and horror. Having been born and raised in Hawaii, she calls upon her Hawaiian heritage when she writes because she grew up around the supernatural and legends of gods and goddesses. Jones is known for her world-building and her exceptional way of creating characters that her readers can relate to. Today, she resides in Florida with her family and her rescue cat, Yuffie. When she isn't writing, you can find her making live appearances across the U.S. and internationally for book events, public speaking on various topics that are dear to her heart. And we're going to be going over her latest release, which is The Tall Dark Man and the Blood Prophecy Saga. And this is the first book in the second trilogy of the saga, and it's told from the villain's perspective. And he thinks he's a hero. What made you want to even write the villain's perspective? So I originally wanted... Um the Blood Prophecy series to end with the Queen's Extension. But I had over 150 loyal readers email me wanting the series to continue. And so I couldn't disappoint them because everything I do, I do for my my readers. And so I created Rise of the Hunter, which is the, it's about the tall, dark man. That's his name and he's the villain. And it continues the series on. And so it starts back in Seattle, but then it takes them to Hawaii, where a whole new plethora of demons and gods and a whole bunch of other supernatural characters um, come to light for continuing the prophecy. So he actually finds an ancient prophecy that declares him as the victor against the queen. So he is now determined to find the rest of the prophecy just like the queen had to find her prophecy and he is determined to get his retribution. I love this. Yes. We were just talking because we want to read both series. And so we were just talking and we're like, how cool would it be if 
like Jenny reads the first one and then I start on the second one and then we swap it to see the different perspectives. Are you able to do that or do you feel like you have to read the first series to really understand this new one? Helps, but I've had readers um, just join me for Rise of the Hunter and they were able to pick it up. But then they went back to read the first series because they were like, oh, I want to know more about these characters. The first series also introduces novellas, short stories on the main characters that talks about an event in their life that brings them into the prophecy. And I will be doing the same thing with the Dark Trilogy, too, is I will be having more of the darker characters have their novellas out. So it's really going to be, you know, the heroes versus the villains. Yeah. So you really love this world then. Obviously, this world has a lot of ways for you to branch off. One of my favorites, um, Heaven and Hell, is a brand new series as well. And that's the first book is out. And the second book is almost done and ready to go to beta readers. Yeah, so if you like Angels and Demons, that's what the Heaven and Hell series is more geared to. Okay, yeah. I feel like we've been starting to branch off of genres lately. When I first started reading, I was very into dystopian. I don't know, as I've gotten older, I've been branching into fantasy. And that's kind of how we first started talking about books as I made her read um, From Blood and Ash. Because that was my first like adult fantasy. And now I'm just, I'm trying to find all the ones that I can and trying to branch (laughs) off to ones that like aren't as known or um, are maybe different than the mainstream books that are out there because I really want to give love to all of them and see how different they actually are. I'm excited. I'm excited to read on all your books. (laughs) I was watching a bunch of uh, your YouTube videos last night of you talking about your books. This, I love that you've been incorporating because you said that your heart is in Seattle in one of your videos yeah. that you did and that obviously you grew up in Hawaii so I really love that you just said this book involves both of those so you're really incorporating where you've grown up and your life experiences into your books in a way even though they are a fantasy or supernatural type. I, I'm able to blend it in such a way that keeps readers engaged. I love Seattle we moved there when I was a teenager, and um, but my heart still also belongs to Hawaii because that's where my family is. And so I had to find a way to bring my heritage out. Yeah, I love that. If you're ready, we'll go ahead and jump into our questions. Um, and they're a mix of stuff about this book that you're putting out and then just your journey as an author all together. Sounds good. I know we've just mentioned a little bit about your supernatural kind of thriller horror genre. But I also noticed that you wrote Henry and Anne as like a historical romance. How did that come about? I'm interested. (laughs) I love historical fiction, but I also, I'm a big history buff, right? And I love Henry VIII. Don't ask me why, I just do. (laughs) Even with all the women losing their heads. But Anna Cleves was always my favorite queen. I think she was the most victorious queen. She survived them all. She found ways to keep herself alive. And there's not enough books or anything brought out about them. I just wanted to do something different. I love that. Okay. It was a good catch for you, too. Because one of, um, we were talking about the questions that we were going to ask you before. And one of mine was if you had branched out. And Jenny's like, yeah, I, I like looked up all her books and she's got this one and this one. <laughs> what made you choose to write supernatural thrillers? And has it always been a genre that you've been passionate about? I know that you said that you really liked it because um, in Hawaii you were around all the legends and stuff. Is that what really inspired this series? Or have you always just loved the supernatural and 
fantasy type things growing up. I always loved it. It's very well known about all the gods and the goddesses in Hawaii and all the legends and the superstition that goes with it. But I also grew up in a haunted house. So our house was haunted (laughs) and I, I loved it. And I just always loved things that went bump in the night. I was like the one kid, the odd duck in the family, if you will, that just the scarier, the better, you know, if it can make me jump, (laughs) (laughs) if, if it can make me jump, I'm excited about it, you know? And so, um, it's just something that's always been my favorite growing up. And I wanted always, I always grew grew up telling stories. And so when I told stories, I always tried to scare people. So, when, you know, when you're a kid in school and you go to a Catholic school on top of that, that's not exactly always a good thing. <laughs> but it took a, a teacher to say, can we put the stories on paper, please? Hey, <laughs> I, love that. Yeah. I do need to know now what is the scariest or I guess for you, most exciting thing that happened at your haunted house. Mm-hmm. Younger sister, she always um, thought there was two eyes staring at her. So I kind of like played it up at night, like, you know, he's watching you sleep. And she did not like that. And she would like run to my mom's, my mom and dad's room. (laughs) (laughs) My little sister, Megan, um, when she was really little, like probably five or six, she would walk around our house and just stare up at the ceiling in corners. And it freaked us all out so bad because she would be like, do you see the people? And we're like, no, what were you talking about? And it was, we lived out in the middle of nowhere in the country. So it was just that extra creepiness. I hated it. There was nothing exciting about it. Oh, see, I would love that. She eventually stopped doing it. I don't know what happened, but she stopped. But yeah, you, you would have thrived. Oh yeah. And it scared my sister. So that was the best part. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) fun. I'm siblings. So I read, I don't know how long ago it was now, that for the Blood Prophecy series that you did a competition with your fans and one of them got to create a character for you. How was that experience? Like, I couldn't imagine trying to write it, but also have someone trying to be like, oh, yeah, I've got this character for you. Can you write it? What a cool experience for the fan, too. Like, Yeah. So on my newsletter for that selective group, I usually give a lot of those cool contests. So, um, cause it's different than social media. Cause you can get likes anywhere, things like that. Yeah. But for my, my newsletter subscribers, I really try to do things that center on them and what they wish or dream of. So I came up uh, every month or two, every two months, it's in between. I come up with these contests that kind of allow my readers to engage with me in some way. So I did have a contest in which one of my readers was able to um, create a character. And actually we're friends on Facebook and everything. And Kelsey created one of the demons, witch slash demon that was brought out in the series. It was done in uh, Queen's Enemy, the second book. And so with that, she had to tell me what the character would look like, how old, you know, the name of the character and everything. That character named Ray has been in the entire series since then. Okay, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and then just recently, I had another contest for another upcoming book that's a standalone, and that one is um, called "The Curse of Mary." That reader got to—he's going to create a curse, 
And that curse is going to be the premise of the whole book. So that was a contest for him. So Mike is very excited about it. And so that was the recent contest for the curse of Mary, but it's, and these contests are exclusive to my newsletter subscribers, but they're done like every one to two months as I write. So with that, do you get in touch with them throughout the, like Ray, since that character has been in all the series, all the books after that, um, do you continuously go to Kelsey and be like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. How do you feel? How do you think Ray would react? Or does she create like the main gist of the character and then you take it from there? Or are they always going to be involved in that character or with the curse? Um, you know, with loopholes and stuff with curses, is that something that you'll resort back to the fan and be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Does this fit in with what you were thinking with the curse when you first told me about it? Or how does that work? Well, with the character contest, um, she created a character and then I just picked it up from there, but I made sure nothing deviated from her original character. So, but she has a permanent place in the series. I mean, she's even in the tall, dark man's book right now. She's in the rise of the hunter. Even (laughs) that's going to be so exciting for her. I love that so much. And also what a great way to connect with your fans on a whole different level. Yeah. You're the first author I've ever heard of that's done that. So that's an absolute I, I love it. I have so many friends that are my readers. We just became friends over the years. And it's funny because people will laugh when I say my readers give me birthday cards or things like that. Or I send them, you know, goodies for them and their birthdays. If I have them, I keep a list and I send them, you know, acknowledgments or I include them in certain newsletters if I know something's going on. Yeah, that's so sweet. Oh, so the tall, dark man... So since it's written in the villain's perspective, or the, sorry, the hunter, the rising hunter um, perspective, how does that differ in experience when having to write it? Like, did you feel like you had to get into a different headspace to write in the villain's perspective? Or did you kind of already know how you wanted that story to go and you felt like it was natural to write? I mean, naturally to me. Um, I just don't think villains get a lot of attention. Yeah. And so I'm all about the villains. What character do you relate to the most out of all of your books or any any book that you've written? Also between a lot of them. There's just certain traits each of them have. Um, there's also certain traits that um, my friends growing up, they seem to recognize, hey, wait a minute, didn't we go there and didn't we do this? And a lot of my friends in Seattle have read my books and they actually are like, oh my God, we did this on a Friday night or you know, we go to this, you know, we go to Dick's driving a lot or something like that. So it's, it's kind of funny to hear that. Or they say, you know, she kind of reminds me of me. <laughs> You're like, yeah, cause it is. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. So pretty much all your books have a really personal touch then in every way, shape and form. It sounds like from the locations to the experiences. Can't write any other way. So I do a lot of trips um, to research even. So you know, there's the trips to Germany and I found new characters I wanted to bring out for some of my books. And there's, you know, places I've gone and traveled to there's Scotland, there's everywhere that I could bring out legends and ghosts and all sorts of things. That actually brings me, is it okay if I ask this next question that I had for you actually relates to what you just said, but it sounds like I already know the answer to it. Um, I put how much, if any, research comes when writing supernatural thrillers and does that help spark inspiration or has it led to burnout at all having to do a lot of research but it sounds like you like 
travel and get inspiration while you're out and about. So it doesn't just sound like you get burned out at all, but. I, I do. I do a lot of research. So like take, for example, the Blood Prophecy series. There's a lot of history in it. There's a lot of characters in it that come to light. And there's even mentions of historical times and places that some of these historical figures have been a part of, but they now are part of a supernatural world. So I find ways to kind of ignite, bring a little bit of history to the reader, bring a little bit of fantasy to the reader. There is romance and all of that. So it, it has a lot of, you know, it's, 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 how should I say? it's an adult book. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I figured when I was reading all the descriptions of all your books and stuff how that it had to have taken a lot of research. And then I was like, but, you know, she also grew up around legends and stuff. So I was super curious how much research you really had to do or if you already pretty much felt like you had background in all the characters that you've written. But I was like, man, doing a ton of research. Yeah, for me anyway, that's why I don't think I could ever, ever do what you do is the research would kill me. I'd feel like I was in school again. My second to last question is going to be your, is your reading style similar to your writing style? So if you were to go and buy a book, would it be the supernatural thriller fantasy side or something totally different? Um, it depends. I, I read just about anything, but I tend to mostly lean towards, um, I love Lee Child and Andrew Child. So I love the uh, Reacher series. I love the thriller aspect. I love um, Vince Flynn with the Mitch Rapp series. But I read just about anything, but it's the action books that keep me engaged. But then I also read about ghost stories and stuff like that too, because yeah. I got to do the research. Yeah. <laughs> Would you say that you're a mood reader or you can read anytime? I can read anytime. What has been the toughest hurdles you've had to face being an author? Sure, if there was, there was a tough one because I think every experience is part of the learning process. So it's it's it comes naturally to write for me, but I can write anywhere. Um, the public speaking comes naturally to me because I actually have to do that a lot in my career outside of being an author. So it kind of those things play hand in hand. The Probably the most challenging thing is just trying to get the books into the hands of readers and say, you know what, take a chance on a new author, someone you haven't read or, you know, someone that hasn't, you know, done all these things or a big name from the traditional five publishing. It's a matter of just, you know, take a chance because you might surprise yourself and you might find someone you like. Do you have any advice for new upcoming authors on ways that you've been able to do that? writing. And even the minute you have a thought, write it down because you never know. Like if you think of a, a good saying, for example, or a good pun or something, you never know when that could come in handy. You know, always write it down and things like that. Okay. My last question was going to be, is there a website you would direct our hopeful new readers to, or is it just buy your books on Amazon? I've done a little bit of research, but I just wanted to make sure that we get in where tell people everyone to go. <laughs> well, basically, I have a website, thebloodprophecy.com. Um, it'll link to everything. It'll talk about, you can even buy the books direct through me if you want them signed. Um, I use PayHip for my ebooks outside of Amazon or Barnes & Noble, and they're at a discounted price. 
So if you don't want to belong to those things, you know, or buy from Amazon, buy from Barnes and Noble, you can buy through PayHip. Um, I'm all over the place on social media. So you can just find me. But, you know, the starting point, I say, would say is like probably the website, which kind of points you in all the directions, as well as gives a list of my upcoming appearances. Okay, amazing. Perfect. Yeah, because we definitely want to obviously be sure to link it in the description of the show and everything so people can just go directly to whatever helps you the most. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the last question I have for you, um, and this is also just kind of helpful for any authors that listen to this is what ways has being an author changed or impacted your life? And it can be pros or cons, anything that you feel other authors would want to know or things that you have faced or differences that you've seen happen as you become an author. You know, people approach you, they ask you, Oh, have you thought about writing this or this? And part of my public speaking on certain topics, I'm an advocate for, um, against parental alienation or I'm against, you know, domestic violence. So I do a lot of public speaking in that area. And, and I work with a lot of investigative reporters. So sometimes they say, oh, have you thought about telling your story? So they'll challenge me to go outside of my genre and write. So, but the main thing is have fun with it. And that's what I think sometimes authors get lost in the sales or they want to hit the numbers I don't pay attention to those because honestly, I ha- I keep my own sales track records, right? And I make more and I sell more when the my readers buy direct from me or they buy for their friends and they say, can you send this as a gift? Right, yeah. So it all depends on the type of author you want to be. And like for me, I write for my readers. I engage with my readers. Yeah. Clearly, expecting yeah. that you have the best relationship <laughs> with your readers, it sounds like. And I love that yeah. so yeah. much. But we really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to sit and chat with us. And we're so excited to dive into both yeah. of your series and this new story. And the Rise of the Hunter is already released, correct? Yes. Perfect. So, yeah, we yeah. can't wait to dive into it. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, thank you for having me. Have a great day. Bye. You too. Bye.